Welcome to the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra. I'm a writer and an advocate on going inward to gain personal growth so that we can achieve a state of mindfulness and total self-awareness. This is a space dedicated to celebrating life in all of its forms, the good, the bad, and all of those imperfect moments in between that make up the human experience. You're not in this alone, and I'm here to remind you that each episode as we dive deep into the raw and the real. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I have to paint a picture for you because it's pretty hilarious. When it rains or it storms or weather is, you know, being a little fussy, um, since we live on top of a hill, kind of in the country, um, just outside of the city, the internet can get a little wacky. So when I'm recording a podcast, it's obviously imperative that the Wi-Fi is smooth and there are no interruptions. So today we woke up and there was a pretty drastic storm. It was pouring and I did a test run with the podcast and the connection was awful. So I tried to think of a plan B and ended up coming to Chris's distillery to um, work upstairs, which is like a big loft area that um, I have a little office set up. I have like my photo backdrop and stuff, so I'll shoot products there and whatnot. There's a storage room in the way back, and it's actually got a lot of stuff from my old apartment in Chicago. Like I'm looking at my headboard right now to the left, and I've got like some decorations to the right all in bins. And so I locked myself in this little storage. It's pretty musky, um, and you can hear the rain on the tin ceiling. So I hope that doesn't come through too loud. But anyway, I just wanted to paint that picture because I thought it was pretty entertaining and not my usual podcasting from bed situation. So speaking of um, where I am in this moment, I wanted to touch on this week's intentions. So as you know from past episodes, I'm trying to set weekly intentions and it's perfect that I'm recording this on a Monday because it's really fresh and I just created it this week. So my biggest intention for this week is to get ahead and by get ahead what I mean is to mass write different articles for the blog that I have heavy on my heart and really want to um, push out to all of you. Um, In doing so, what I've noticed is that it opens up the rest of my week to focus so hard on all the other um, moving parts within the Calm Collective. Um, This is anything from um, starting up my coaching sessions, my one-on-one coaching sessions, um, from updating the print shop, um, working on the mindful memos and making sure that those are you know, being um, manifested and pushed out in the proper way, and also working on my side project, which I'm really excited to launch to you guys really soon. Oh, I'm very excited about this. So yeah, my intention this week is to just get ahead, to use today um, to uh, mass produce those articles. And I think once I do that, I'll really be able just to breathe deep knowing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday of this week and next week, you guys are getting content that is um, that is carefully produced and just ready for you guys to enjoy and absorb so that I can do all the other back-end stuff um, and make sure that I'm not falling behind. So it's all about the balance. So today's day is all about writing and recording this podcast episode, which, oh, 
there are not enough ways to tell you how excited I am about it, and here's why. Rebecca Rosen is a, I'm going to go ahead and say that she's famous, because to me she's famous, Um, and I think to a lot of other people she's famous as well, but she's a famous medium, and you could have seen her on the likes of Oprah, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Um, she is so talented at what she does, and not only that, but her energy is so pure and loving and genuine, and that I think is what I love most about her. So when I asked her to come on the podcast to talk about her work as a medium and also to touch on um, how mediumship really brings forth healing within grief, which is something that I talk about on the podcast and on the blog often, um, I really am excited for you guys to get her viewpoint on um, how this can be such a healthy healing mechanism. And respectively, I'm sure there are so many of you who are skeptical, which is totally fine, and maybe this episode isn't for you, but I hope that you will listen and that you'll stick around because she touches on that as well, on skepticism. Um, So yeah, without further ado, let's get to the episode, and I can't wait for you guys to meet Rebecca Rosen. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time and coming onto the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited that you're doing this. Oh, thanks. Okay, so I want to go ahead and start. Can you paint us a picture of your current surroundings? What does life look like for you right now? (laughs) Wow. Well, my life has a lot of moving parts, um, and it's very full of everything from personal to professional. Mm. Uh, Personally, I got remarried um, a few years ago, and we now have a blended family of six kids. Wow. And, right? <laughs> and so I am juggling being a mom uh, combined with being a medium. And so professionally, I'm continuing to do private readings, small groups, both here in Denver, around the country, and then my large audience events. Mm-hmm. And um, I have written a few books, and right now, um, Spirit has it in the works. I'm writing another one. Yay! Uh, yes, I had a, I actually had a reading with another psychic a few days ago, and she said, so when's book four coming out? And I said, I didn't know there was a book four. <laughs> she said, well, it's already written, and it's going to come really fast by the end of the year. And I do believe she's right. Oh. I, love, I love my writing aspect where I get to teach people everything I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to dive in with that and talk to people about your books. They're so good. Oh, thank you. Um, do you set any intentions for your week? And if you do, what's one thing that you're currently focusing on? You know, my intentions are really to keep things balanced. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I have learned in life is that it's the middle way as the wise Buddha once taught us. Um, you know, so I really try and not go to extremes with anything. So when, you know, each Monday morning I wake up, I come into the office and I make a list of intentions for the week, both personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to be flexible because life happens and sometimes your intentions don't necessarily work out the way you intended them to. But as long as you get clear on overall what you want to set out to accomplish or co-create for your week mm-hmm. and then let go and trust mm-hmm. that spirit will work with you and guide you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find that's really important again, to show up and be the best person that I can be um, at home and in the office. I love the not going too hard on one thing. 
or not right. putting that's so good because I think that's kind of where I struggle is I can set this intention and then I am like just eyes beamed in on that one intention and it doesn't right. leave a lot of room like you said for for change or magic or what have you I love that I'm gonna steal that <laughs> I love that I love that you know one example real quick is yeah. um working out you know, years ago, I was so intense on I could not miss a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, I would feel like a failure if I didn't hit the gym or a yoga class at least, you know, once a day. And when life got really busy, when I had my most recent baby and just all these moving parts, I realized, like, again, it nothing's black or white. It's that balance. Mm-hmm. And so now... I just set the intention to work out and take care of myself, but it's okay if I miss a workout. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. So good. Okay, so I know your background from reading your books, um, but can you go ahead and share with our audience just a little bit of background on who you are and how you ended up where you are today as this medium who is well-known throughout the world, which I commend you. It's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's so Thank great. You. You know, this was something that was very organic, um, definitely destined. There's no no question. I was, before I realized I had this mediumship ability. And when I was a young kid, around nine or 10, I knew I was psychic or intuitive, but I believe all of us are, Mm -hmm. especially as children, until we are talked out of it or we shut it down by choice. And so um, it wasn't until I was 20 and I was going through a difficult time. I was in college down at the University of Florida, and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. So I was a long ways from home, and my parents were going through a rough time, and they, after 30 years, had decided they needed to divorce. Mm -hmm. And my father, just a few months before that, had attempted suicide. And so here I was, far away from home, and they were trying to protect me and not sharing a whole lot. Well, what happened was, is I started to numb my feelings with my drug of choice, which at the time was food. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you know, in my family, that was, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would start, um, I started sleep eating. And so for every night, sometimes a few times a night, I would sleepwalk into the kitchen And I would start just binging on whatever food, whatever carbs, ideally, Mm -hmm. I found. But it was a couple minutes into it that I would wake up and realize, what am I doing? So needless to say, I was terrified. I was frustrated. Um, I gained a ton of weight. I was sleep deprived. My grades were slipping. Mm -hmm. Um, Relationships falling apart. And this was six months into it. And I finally broke down and told my parents And I went and sought traditional therapy. And of course, what they did was put me on medication. Well, what I now realize, what I didn't know then is I didn't need medication. It was a situational deal. It wasn't a chemical imbalance, thank God. And some people do need meds. At that time, I didn't. I just needed to get it off my chest and um, process and work through it instead of self-medicate with food. And so um, what I did is I started praying and... I was never really into psychic stuff, but I always believed in God. So I started praying to God and something bigger and asking for help. Well, a few weeks into this, I was, um, I was playing with a Ouija board for fun with my roommates and 
I could tell the board was talking to me and nobody else. And so after we played the board together, I would secretly take it out in my room and go play with it by myself. And I will never forget the Ouija board spelling out candle dripping. And I'm thinking, what? Because that was not at all um, relative to what I was asking. Mm -hmm. And I turned around and I had this candle that was dripping all mm. over my carpet. So that freaked me out. Oh, it so gives me chills. Right? I put the board away and I didn't touch it for a few weeks. Well, then one day I was journaling at a bookstore and I've always used journaling as a way to process my thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this voice was in my head coming through so loud and clear and fast and it started dragging my hand across the page. And the voice was that of my guardian angel mm. and eventually my grandmother who passed on when I was 10 years old. And Grandma Babe and my angel Maya started telling me they were there in response to my cries and prayers for help. And it really caught me off guard, but it also kind of freaked me out because my grandma killed herself when I was 10 and she was not warm and fuzzy in life and mm. she scared me. Mm-hmm. But the messages coming through were loving and they felt, you know, safe. And so the message from Grandma Babe was, I want to help you. And I don't want you going down the same dark road of depression that I went down. And here's how I can help you. But first, you need to believe. You need to believe you're not making this up and that it's me. So here are a few things that I would like you to go ask your dad to confirm that. Mm -hmm. So... I ended the what's called automatic writing or the uh, the journaling, mm -hmm. and I ran out of the bookstore and I called my dad, and I was shaken and crying and I'm like I don't know what just happened but I have to read this to you. Well, he was in tears, and he said to me, you know, I don't know what to say other than that was absolutely my mother you were talking to. Because the three things she told you, there's no way you could have known. In fact, one of them being how she killed herself and what it looks like. And my dad was the only person to mm. that date who ever knew the details. Wow. And so that's when I, I realized, that was my turning point. This is real. Mm -hmm. I'm not making up. And so from that point on, he said, I encourage you to reconnect with whatever this higher energy is, if it feels good, loving, and, and kind. Mm -hmm. And it did. So I met with my grandma and my guardian angel in my writing time, my journaling, every single day for 18 months. And what they did is they gave me this self-help prescriptive program on what to do on a mind, body, spirit level to heal myself, to deal with my, mm -hmm. you know, unresolved feelings and to move forward in co-creating my best life. Oh, so yeah. good. So good. And I have to tell you that, so my journey with spirituality started about three months ago, maybe a little bit longer. And one of the first things that happened to me was um, the automated writing as well. And it was really scary. Like, right. it was scary to see it, to, to see it happening and knowing that like, you didn't really want it to stop. You wanted to keep going, but your inside, like your heart's pounding and you're like, what is happening? But then like, who do you tell? You know, I felt like I have to tell somebody that this is happening. Are they going to believe me? Are they going to think that I'm crazy? And while mine wasn't like a, it wasn't a family member. I think in the beginning I had kind of like tried to make it my dad who passed away four years ago, but that just kept getting like pushed aside. Like the actual spirit kept kind of taking over and um 
you know, really wanted me to hear this message of staying in my own lane and talking about mindfulness and really, really believing it to the point where it was going to not only help others, but it was going to help myself because I had gone through such a destructive path of impulsive spending and, um, you know, using wine as like a numbing, a numbing void, um, for, you know, the loss of my father, any frustrations that came my way. And the minute I gave into this practice and, and looked at it as guidance, my life completely changed. Like I am not the same person. And yeah, it's such a beautiful thing that you don't hear about too often. At least I don't, but Right, right. Well, I have the luxury of hearing about it often because that's why people come to me, but the everyday person doesn't. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you start to feel crazy and it's like coming out of the closet. Yeah, it is. I have to say though, back in 1997, when this started for me, it really was taboo. And now Mm -hmm. 20 years later, it is not. Mm-hmm. It's more widely accepted and quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're really lucky in that sense. Absolutely. So speaking of it being more accepted, can you kind of shed some light on how you handle when people are skeptic of what you do, whether that's just in day to day life or like what's the message that you would have to people who are skeptical or even the people who actually come to see you who are sure, skeptical? Yeah. So my thoughts on that are that everybody is at their own place on their path, on their spiritual journey. And who am I to judge where that is and what that Mm -hmm. looks like? And I always say it's healthy to be skeptical to a certain degree until you have enough evidence to hopefully help you release that skepticism and open up to the possibility that there is something bigger and that we're not alone. So I always say the work speaks for itself. When you are able to work with a medium who's able to give you solid, concrete evidence, that's where um, the turning point lies. And until then, it makes sense why we should be cautious because in any profession, there's going to be those who work out of integrity and Mm -hmm. it's what gives the work a bad name right all the charlatans out there but um there's so many gifted healers and mediums that genuinely have this healing power and intuitive insight that can be helpful Mm -hmm. um and so my focus isn't so much on where they're at but more on what is my job in this in terms of helping them to open up to that belief Mm -hmm. yeah it makes perfect sense So one thing that I talk a lot about on my blog and on this podcast is um, my grieving process. Um, I like to be very open and transparent about it because I feel like, I feel like oftentimes sort of like money, grief can be a little bit of a taboo subject. People are a little, you know, shy to talk about it. And one thing that helped me was seeing mediums. It's, it still does. It's the one thing that made it feel less permanent, um, less scary, Um, and it actually just made it easier to process it. So I would love for people to hear in your own words, how, I guess, how seeing a medium, how seeing someone like you can help, um, those who are stuck in that really ugly loop that is grief when they can't seem to like, you know, see the, see outside of the mud. Yeah. 
You know, I believe that when you can get a very solid, accurate reading from a medium, it's like 10 years of therapy in one session Mm. because it holds the power of proving to you on a mind level or satisfying your ego that this is real Mm -hmm. and the evidence that nobody else could know, um, you know, like examples being the medium brings up, um, something you did the day before, like letting a balloon go where you wrote a message on it to your dad, Mm -hmm. um, for his birthday. And the medium's able to tell you that your dad saw it and thank you. And it, it, proves to you that the soul's eternal which like you said takes away the permanency and it helps you to feel closer and like you're not alone mm-hmm. and it's not a one-sided conversation and so i just i really believe there's so many therapeutic aspects to mediumship mm-hmm. it's not therapy you know a lot of times grief counseling therapy are um, other components that one needs Um, in addition to these tools that we have in the healing arts, which Mm -hmm. one being a mediumship reading. Um, That's basically my intention for doing the work. I don't do this because I want to fortune tell. There's a lot of aspects when people come to see me, they want predictive information about the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely, that comes through because when you work in the realm of spirit, it's not linear. There, There is no time. So we touch on past, present, future all the time, but the future is not set in stone. You create it. Right. And so when I do mediumship and the power it holds for healing is that we are digging into the past and giving you lots of memories and validations to prove to you that this really is your loved one in spirit talking. Um, But then they bring you into the present, which helps validate where you're at on your journey, physically, emotionally, mentally. Mm. Then those aspects give you the information you need and the tools you need to help you be free of it, be free of the past, and then to be fully present so that you can make good choices and move forward and co-create your best life. Right. Oh, so well put. Way better than what I could have explained this. <laughs> well, that's what I do for a living. So, so. good. Yeah. So, so what are the most frequent things that clients come to you for? I'm assuming, you know, probably the number one is, you know, if they've lost a loved one, would that be right? Yes, okay. that, that is right. And number two would be um, feeling lost, mm-hmm. feeling a void in their life, feeling purposeless. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and wondering there has to be more than the daily grind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that they're not happy. And that's why we're seeing so much mm. negativity in the world. And, you know, people self-medicating with whether it's drugs or food or shopping mm-hmm. um, or sex or mm-hmm. whatever it is to fill this void. Mm-hmm. Because we are spiritual beings having this human experience. And as spiritual beings, we want to feel connected to something bigger than Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so people come to me in hopes of proving, like we said earlier, that they're not alone, that mom in spirit is watching them, that they have a guardian angel, um, and that when they pray, it's being heard, even Mm -hmm. if they're not getting an answer right away. Mm -hmm. And then um, they want guidance, like, what am I supposed to do with the next however many years of my life? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, it's like you can you can offer up that information that is real and it's true, but the human or the, you know, the soulful being living a human experience, they have the will to choose, right? It's like it's all about what we take in and then what we choose to do with it. So, exactly. like you said, it's because not like a magic pill. It's it's not a magic pill. Yeah. The, the information is one thing. The um, the actionable steps you have mm-hmm. to take is another. It's called doing the work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it hard. <laughs> it is hard, and it and it t- requires dedication and commitment, and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. You know, I, it's so interesting. I'm seeing more and more people come out of the woodworks who are saying they're psychics and mediums, and they've been practicing for one year, mm-hmm. two years. And you know what? The truth is, I'm sure they are, but I've been practicing for over 20 years, and I will be practicing until the day I leave this planet mm-hmm. because it's every day I'm learning something new or growing my gift. Mm-hmm. And I did not get to where I am overnight. I put in my 10,000 hours and we all have to, if we want to be responsible, you know, healers. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not a healer by any means, I'm just someone going through and finding my spiritual journey, which is really exciting and at times overwhelming in the best of ways. But one question I have for you is with where you're at, something I run into is that like four steps forward, five steps back, three steps back, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. where it's like I'll feel really centered and grounded and connected. And then I'll have like a three-day span where I'm like, what the F? Like I feel like a mess or like where did all of that magic go? Do you ever have those moments where – you're almost fighting to get it back, or does that just come with time and practice of... Um... Well, the answer is both, mm-hmm. because of course I do. I'm human, and I sometimes fall off my path, mm-hmm. and what I found the reason for that is anytime that starts happening, it's a message from the universe that you have disconnected. Mm-hmm. You're not in alignment with source or in the vortex, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, like we said, do the work to get back there. Mm-hmm. And that usually comes down to recentering on your intention, prayer through prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. And then whatever else, let's say you're drinking too much wine or you're in a negative space where you're gossiping or it just lowers your vibration, Yeah, whatever it is. And when your vibe's low, you can't connect to the high vibration of your higher self and your higher guidance. Mm -hmm. And so it happens truly all the time to all of us. But the longer you do this, the quicker you catch on to what's going on and the easier it is to fix it. Right. And, And so don't beat yourself up about it. That would be my advice. It's acknowledge it, you're human, forgive it, and get right back to where you were when things were flowing. Mm -hmm. And when things are flowy, I call it flowtastic. I love that. (laughs) And everything is just kind of effortless and synchronicities happen every day, many times a day. Mm -hmm. That's your sign, your guidance, that you are absolutely in alignment with your highest truth and working with spirit. Um, when it's the other way, like you said, it just means our egos got in the way. We got in our own way Yeah. and it's humbling, but all you have to do is pray your way back mm-hmm. to that intention of getting back connected to source. Mm-hmm. And for any of those of you listening who are 
asking the question, well, how do I know if I've fallen off? You know, (laughs) you know, you know, because you know what it feels like when your vibrations are so high and you are connected. It is the most euphoric feeling. It's it's really hard to explain as I'm sure you can agree. Um, so that when you do fall off, I mean, there's no denying that you've lost. Well, exactly. And the other piece really easy to do a a quick check-in is how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Do you feel irritable, negative, depressed, hopeless, sad, whatever it is, lonely? If you feel any of those, that's your Mm -hmm. guidance. Mm -hmm. You're disconnected. You're in your ego. Mm -hmm. When you feel connected, you feel hopeful and joyful and excited this kind of eager anticipation like waking up each day oh I wonder what's going to happen today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and you know it's not realistic to think you're going to live in that place every single minute of every day right but if it's ongoing where you're feeling the opposite the negative Mm -hmm. stuff then that's your sign that you're not you need to do some work to get back in that high vibe Mm -hmm. and I'll say I think the trickiest thing and I'd be curious to hear how you handle this but the trickiest thing is when life throws a curveball, right? Say you get in an argument with your partner or you have a confrontation that's really not good or something happens within your business. Things like that that require a reaction or hurt your feelings, I guess, you know, that really impact like, yeah, just your soul. That for me has been the trickiest thing of being able to take that pause and really center and and respond in in the way that I know that I should. But I'm an emotional person. <laughs> so right. I cry and I get emotional and, you know, I go inward yeah. and I don't speak. And so that for me is the one thing that I'm working so hard on is to be able to connect the two when something hard happens. You know, that's right. it's really like, hard. It's I, really challenging. I get it. I, I think that's a great, powerful point because – You're an empath, as am I. And anybody who is sensitive to energy is going to be challenged with that. And you said it uh, more or less, and that is, how do you thoughtfully respond without reacting? Mm -hmm. Because when you react, you're coming from fear and from your ego, your lower self. But when you respond, you're just being pretty um, objective Mm -hmm. and not personalizing it. Right. And right. And instead, kind of just being able to step back and objectively observe the situation and respond in a loving, thoughtful way. Mm -hmm. And so it takes practice. You know, I find myself, it happens, um, unfortunately, too often, where with one of my kids, like Mm -hmm. they push my button and I find myself reacting instead of, like you said, pausing, collecting acting myself, taking a deep breath and lovingly responding, Mm -hmm. you know, being loving, but firm. Mm -hmm. So again, when this happens, what I have found in my experience is don't beat yourself up over it. Just Mm -hmm. remember we're practicing, we're in school, we're, we're all these, you know, spiritual beings learning in this earth school. And again, the more you go through this, the less it'll actually happen because you learn. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a very valid point. Right. So for those who um, aren't familiar and who haven't had a reading, I actually get this question often, um, but they ask me what a reading is like. And it's easy. It's easier for me to explain it on my end, but can you explain for people who have maybe never had a reading how those work? Sure. So in in my experience, 
experience, what I like to do, um, and this is what I find works best, is when I read somebody, I don't want to know anything about them. And some mediums will ask questions or say, who do you want to talk to? I think it's more validating if you sit down in front of me and um, I'm able to then tell you who is around you and what they need you to know and offer you validation so you know it's them and offer you whatever guidance or messages you need right now in your life that's going to be helpful in moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so usually when people sit down, it's a combination of spirits that come through. They're usually excited and eager, and I can't get them to slow down because they're so excited. It's coming so fast. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go into, once we establish um, they're around you, who it is, give you enough so you know who I'm talking about, then we go into spirit guides and angels along with deceased loved ones, um, giving you whatever it is you need in that moment. And for everybody, it's different. And they only give you what you're ready to hear, nothing that's going to be hurtful or harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't get, get the message, it means it's too much. And I never hold back, but I always pray whatever's in your highest and best good. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I tell you everything. And... Um, for some, it's candy-coated, and for some, it's very blunt. Mm-hmm. It just depends how you will best hear it and receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a very powerful experience because at some point in the reading, usually, somebody has one, if not many, ahas, where if I said to you, your dad loved motorcycles, and he's on his bike, and you might be sobbing, saying, my dad loved Harleys, and he said when he dies and goes to heaven, he's going to ride one again. And then he comes through and says that, and obviously you didn't tell me that, right? Rebecca? So, yes. I, is that for you? Yep, that's for me. That's what I <laughs> was getting. I have that? to tell you that my palms are sweaty and I have heart flutters. That's your guidance. It's before you around. even said anything. That's so, so awesome. So do you want me to tell you what else I'm getting? Yeah, if you don't, I'm so open. Yeah. yeah. So this just kind of demonstrates um, what the reading is. So my, I sense dad is strong around, I think... Um, he has a great sense of humor mm-hmm. and he likes to mess with things, electronics. Um, mm-hmm. That might be a phone issue. Um, and he is on a bike and he's like 20 years old. Did mm-hmm. he ever have a, a mustache or? Oh, yeah. yeah Always. He, His whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, and the way I saw that is I just saw Burt Reynolds in my head. Um, <laughs> that was and, your image. <laughs> yeah. That's how they flashed. That's awesome. Get me to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, um, Jay, Jay is in James. Yep. Is that James. the grandfather? Um, it's, James. it's my dad's name and it was my grandpa's ah, name. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, he just pointed up, which tells me he's with the grandfather James. I hear that um, all the time. Really? That's, a, oh, and they good. weren't close. They were. Well, that's, that's important. It yeah. means that when we die, the mask comes off and we are able to appreciate the roles we played in each other's lives. So they're picking up where they left off, working on sorting out unfinished business. So good. Um, he's so proud of you. So proud of you. You are his um, little girl. He's showing me taking care of you from the other side more so. Do you have cancer? Yeah. It's something about all the pain is gone. I'm seeing black all over his body. And did it work its way up into his lungs or his chest? Um. So it actually ended up in his spinal fluid. Okay, yeah. he's making me feel like I can't breathe or I can't, not comfortable. And so the gift of dying was free mm-hmm. of that. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, that happened at the end. Yeah. And he's with, he's saying about a dog. He's with a dog. Um, 
And do you have a dog that's living? Yeah. It's something about the dog and spirit and the dog living. And um, it's a golden color. It's a golden doodle. Yeah. There you go. Is that the dead or a live dog? He's alive. I don't have that, I don't have a dead dog that I know of. Like that my dad. Okay, so he sent you. So let me ask you this. Did the dog come after your dad died? No, they were actually Jasper, my dog, wouldn't leave my dad's side when he died, when he was okay, sick. So then I see what's happening. He is connected to the soul of the dog. And <laughs> that soul is your little messenger from your dad. I so believe so, that. Oh my gosh. So when animals look around like they're tracking something mm-hmm. flying through the room, it's usually a spirit. Mm. Um, but he wants you to know that he doesn't need anything from you, but for you to ask for more help. And then and then he's showing me his mom is with him. Mm-hmm. And um, hold on. Who is this? M and A. So like Mary Ann or M.A. Do you know? Who that would be? I don't know. An MA off the top of my head. No. Um, Okay. So there's someone in spirit. I'm pretty sure it's a female. Okay. And this is where I tell people, write it down or Mm -hmm. ask. Is mom alive? Yeah. Ask her. Okay. I will. Um, And then finally, he, something flying. Did you just have like some insect flying around inside, like a fly, a bee? So many all the time. There's something like he's using it and it will land on you. Like, let's oh. say you and I are doing this and in five minutes there's okay. a fly staring at you sitting, like, on your desk. Okay. Um, but they manipulate things to say they're mm-hmm. around. So good. I've been looking for something that's, like, um, that's frequent. We find coins all the time, but that feels more connected to my mom than to me. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt very, like, intuitive and in tune with him just – soul wise not really material wise but right. I've been asking for little signs here and well, there he's answering you by saying it will be something flying in a okay. place that probably shouldn't be okay um so and good. he wants me to ring up Dawn oh my gosh who's Dawn that's my aunt <laughs> yeah um is she passed away no she's alive okay mm-hmm. so was that his sister his sister-in-law they're very close yeah, it's something, whenever they bring up a living person, it's a shout-out, like, send my love or validate them, like, I really am checking in on them. Um, mm. She actually, she was there for when he died to support all of us. That's amazing. Yeah. And it feels like there's this very strong soul connection between them. Um, and, hold on, there's another D, like, D.D., who's D? Um, my mom's name is Danielle. Then her, that's the other D. Okay. Um, and sending love, and I just see roses. It means acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're crazy about wearing lipstick or somebody with their lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Why are they showing me that? I don't know. I mean, I wear it every day. My mom has always worn it every single day. Ask like, mom about that. She might say to you, I just bought, like, three new lip lipsticks. Okay, okay. Yesterday. Just validation? Um, okay. Yeah, it's just validation. Cool. Um, and he's just very proud and he wants you to know was he in his 60s when he died he was 63 he wants you to know he was that was an exit point mm-hmm. and so what that means is is he could not have been here at 70 mm. um he, this was pre predestined and he finished what he came here to do mm. um Keep showing me your phone, which means he's going to mess with the phone. My phone has not been working for, like, a week and a half. 
that's him. And <laughs> yeah, that's very just, annoying. <laughs> right? Tell him to stop. But maybe after this, he will. But it's just a reminder to call on him more. Okay. Love you that. don't ask for enough help. It's so true. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you for that. Oh, my Aunt Dawn's going to love that. Thank you. Good. Yes, definitely share it with her. And that's so cool about my dog, and I think that's so good for other people to know, too, is that, like, dogs are so intuitive. They are. And so connected. Like, that experience with Jasper and my dad was something, like, I have never witnessed in my entire life. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were, like, fine together. My dad and Jasper loved each other, but Jasper was obsessed with me and would not leave my dad. You know, that Jasper was an earth angel in a dog's body that came in to facilitate that kind of bridge, that transition between Mm. them. And so that's why dad is saying part of that soul is with me and part of it is with you. And when you're with Jasper, Jasper, I don't know if if the dog ever comes in just like is by your side, won't leave you alone or Mm -hmm. just sits in your lap mm-hmm. but it's a way for your you to feel your dad's loving presence mm. physically so good yeah mm, thank you yeah well guys there you have it that's how reading works and there I've had so many and they're always the same I am like grinning ear to ear my palms are sweaty it just I love that it's just that's good a, that's also a really good point to make when you've done several readings and everyone's saying the same thing that's truth mm-hmm and, you know, it's it's simple, it's consistent, mm-hmm. um, and it just helps further, you know, validate that we're all connecting into the same source. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure everyone is just, like, in love with you already, not just because of the reading, yeah. but you're just such a good presence. Right. But, you know, I want other people to know that, like, you can read so much more of the way that Rebecca's mind works. You wrote three books fourth one coming. Yay. So excited. Um, spirited awaken the spirit within and what the dead taught me about living well. And I loved all three so much, but awaken the spirit within literally is the book that changed my life and impacted my spirituality journey in such a major way. And I have to tell you this quick story about how I came across your book. I was early for a yoga class and I just And I've been here in Traverse City since January, and I thought I had known, like, this main downtown strip pretty well. But I looked to the right, thinking, oh, I'll just grab tea. And I saw this bookstore called Higher Self, and I was like, huh. You know, the the writing had started where, you know, my soul was kind of writing through me. And so that piqued my interest. And I'm like, well, I'm seeing that for a reason. So I went in and just kind of looked around a little bit, and I saw... The cover of Awaken the Spirit Within is so beautiful. That backlight around you, it's like angelic to say the least. And I saw the cover and literally it was like an out-of-body experience where my arm grabbed the book. I held it. I just looked at the cover and I handed it to the guy and just said, can you hold this for me? I'm going to buy this. And he kept it behind the desk and I kept looking and went to yoga, came home. I devoured that book in a day and a half. It was... Oh, I love that. Which is kind of crazy because it's an impactful read. There's a lot of, like, there's a wealth of information. And a lot of times those books you kind of have to take in pieces because, you know, right. you're, you're taking in so much knowledge um, and you're digesting it all. But for some reason I was just, like, devouring it and I was understanding it. and. Wow. Your meditations in those books are so profound oh, I love it. that the work just started immediately. And so 
I tell all of my friends who are flirting with the idea or feel like there's more to learn, I'm like, please buy this book. If you don't buy it, I'll buy it for you. It is so, so good. So thank you for writing it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And um, that speaks to your level of enlightenment because I always say spirited is my 101 and awaken is uh, my master class book. And that book, even I have had to reread it a few times because I swear that book wrote itself. It, mm. it was written through me, not from me. And that book woke me up. The irony is I started writing it and that's when I woke up to everything in my life that I needed to re-remember wow. on who I was and and how I'd fallen off my path and why I was here, my purpose. And so it really is that powerful and if you're drawn to it, it means you're ready for it. You know, I don't know about you, but I have books that are still brand new sitting by the side of my bed for three years. I've not even touched because it's not time yet. Oh, yeah. And you always find the book or feel guided to, you know, pick it up and start reading when you're ready. Mm-hmm. So I love that you found it and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. And one of the things, too, like with Spirited, I think in all of your books, I feel like you touch on you're, you're very much a teacher, Um, and you're just a guiding light for people to not be weary or afraid of their intuition and to tune into how powerful we all are. Like you said, we're merely just living a human experience. So if, what would you tell someone if they feel like they may have a really strong intuition, but they're fearful of it? I would say there's no doubt you have it because we're all born with it. It's our sixth sense Mm -hmm. and what you choose to do with it, meaning are you going to ignore it or honor it and then follow it is up to you. The more you listen to it and follow it, the more validation you get that it was accurate and the more you start trusting it and it becomes second nature. You just naturally rely on it. Mm. At the end of the day, that's the whole point is to go within to find your fulfillment and your answers, not Mm -hmm. without Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what, you know, I, I am a teacher, but what I've learned and have been reminded of most recently is that I teach through doing the work through demonstrating, whether it's on stage in front of hundreds of people or in my small groups of eight people, I love to teach through making the connections and that right there illustrates everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It shows people this is real because I provide the evidence. I tell you how I just got what I got. So the next time you hear something in your mind's voice or you see an image of Burt Reynolds flash through mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. through your head, you start to understand, oh, that's how spirit talks to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it's so easy to think you're making it up to or write it off to right. imagination. Right. Totally. But right? But that's how they talk to us. It's Mm -hmm. through impressing our minds and bodies with thoughts and feelings, which is a lot like imaginations or dreams. Mm -hmm. And And so I love to teach people. Yeah. And for some of us, you know, like that could be, I don't know, like I've had a dream before, a reoccurring dream where my friend kept getting engaged and I was like, what the heck? And so I finally said something to her. I'm like, hey, heads up. I don't want, I don't want to be that person who's like giving you false hope, but I think this might happen. And it happened. Like very soon after. And that's, that sort of thing has never happened to me again. But so I think that's important to touch on is that you can be someone where it happens often, like you, for example, and that's something that you, that you take on in your day to day life. Or it could be something like me where it happens once in a while, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's still worth paying attention to. It's proof that, yeah, we all are 
intuitive human beings. Exactly. And it can happen more frequently if you tell the universe, tell spirit source, whoever you pray to, that you are open Mm -hmm. and ready for more. Mm -hmm. So just know you can access it um, because spirit wants us to ask for help and wants us to use them. Mm -hmm. And they, the minute we give them permission, they start downloading more. Okay. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Okay. So I have a few questions before we close out, but um, I imagine that with the intensity of your work, I can't even imagine how tired that you get when you do all of your readings and especially your group readings. But um, I have to imagine that self-care is detrimental to your lifestyle. So can you walk us through, say, I don't know, your morning routine or maybe how you handle yourself after you've had a reading? Sure. So um, every morning, whether I'm working or I'm not that day, uh, my husband and I together do about anywhere from five to 20 minutes of prayer meditation. Mm-hmm. So our ritual is um, we wake up, we have our coffee, and then we will either do a guided meditation or just turn on music and quietly to ourselves, you know, we'll kind of pray and, and set our intention for the day, line up the day, um, and then give it to God and trust, surrender mm-hmm. it. Just trust whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But being responsible for my own energy that I bring into the day. And I plug in and imagine a waterfall of light filling me and surrounding me and call in Archangel Michael to protect me and my guides to um, to intervene if and when needed. Because the law of free will says we have to give them permission. And so I just make sure I've done my part and then I let go. So then I get, so that's getting spiritually dressed and mm-hmm. then I go and I get oh, I love physically that. <laughs> dressed and yeah and it works and then I you know either have my day or I go to work mm-hmm. and um and then to close out whether it's a private reading or a large audience event I always take a few minutes to call my energy back and so mm-hmm. I'll say a prayer about releasing whoever I worked with in the physical and in spirit. Mm-hmm. And I send it back and I call all of me, my higher self, my human self back to me. And um, I basically just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I do that because as an empath, you're a sponge and I carry everyone's emotions. And so if I did not do something to detach, I would be a mess because I would not only have my own experiences and emotions, but I'd have everybody else's. And I purposely try and let go of the the readings because if you come back to me a year from now, five years from now, you know, there's no way I'm going to remember because I've let it go. But if I did, if I kept everybody's stuff again, I would not be able to function or be healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think self-care is huge when it comes to doing energy work of any kind. Absolutely. Um, A question that I like to ask all of my guests, especially based on, you know, what this podcast and my blog is about, but what comes to mind when you think or hear of mindful living? What does that mean to you? I think it's about being intentional. It's about um, being clear on who you are and why you are. Mm. Knowing who you are, meaning you are a soul in a body. You're, again, a spiritual being in a human experience. You're pure light and love, and you one day will return back to that energy so good and then why are you meaning what is your purpose and at the end of the day it's about remembering to be loving and kind and 
that right there is how you can serve others, serve your purpose, serve the world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's real easy for us to get caught up in ourselves and become self-absorbed. Um, and that puts us in a negative place at times, insecurity, fear, doubt, jealousy. But when you take a minute each day to be mindful, you're basically stepping into your higher self and operating from that place of love. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And I love it phrased as why you are. I love that. Yeah, it's who you are. You know, Awaken the Spirit Within, when I was giving my book tour talk, that's what it came down to. Mm -hmm. It's about waking up to who you are and why you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Lastly, what's a mantra that you've been loving or that's been landing well for you recently? Oh, you know, lately it's been just be. Just Mm -hmm. be. So often... Yeah, my guides, when I channel, do the automatic writing, they always end with just be. Mm. And it's for me that is be here now. Mm -hmm. Just be present. Because when you are, you're surrendering all worry, doubt, fear, you know, anything you're projecting into the future or holding on to from the past, you're bringing your power back Mm -hmm. to the now. Mm -hmm. And when you just be, everything is okay right Mm now. But so often we conjure up these stories in our minds and, and that right there could create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. So every time I start to get overwhelmed, panicked or insecure, I just take a deep breath and I remind myself, just be. Mm, I love that. I feel like whenever I do my writing, they always say go inward. What does that mean? Yeah. It's uh, what we were talking about earlier. And that is all the answers you need are within you. Mm. Nobody knows your truth more than you do. It's just that your mind gets in the way. Don't look for validation. Yeah. Don't look for external validation, Mm -hmm. whether it's from other people or, you know, being defined by your things or the material go within. Because again, when we leave this world, we don't have pockets. We're not taking anything with us. We're not taking portfolios or job titles. All we're taking is our light and the brighter your light, the better. That means the more loving and kind and of service you were in this lifetime. So good. I don't want anyone to be able to not follow along with your journey. So can you share all the places where people can find you? Of course. Um, So my website's RebeccaRosen.com and everything they need to know is there. They can get on my mailing list and I travel around the country to different cities doing my small groups, my large audience events. And so um, I would encourage people if they're interested in, in experiencing this live to um, to check that out. And all my books are available on any major retailer, Amazon, mm-hmm. um, Barnes and Noble. So, and also through my website, RebeccaRosen.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for seriously making the time for today, but also just being who you are and knowing why you are because it's impacting so many people, myself included. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for showing up and honoring your call to do this and to share my message, but so many other light workers as well. Mm, Of course. Thanks, Rebecca. I hope you guys all love this as much as I loved recording it for you. And if you do and you have just 20 seconds, I would be so incredibly grateful if you would just pop over to the review section on iTunes and rate this podcast. It's truly how this podcast can land in the laps of any and all people who are needing a little bit more mindfulness in their life.